Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to My Millennial Property. You're with John Pigeon and we have Emily Wallace on the other line. How are you, Emily? I'm very well. How are you? Yes, excellent. Thank you. Now, you've listened to a few of Emily's or episodes with Emily in it for the past uh, few weeks. Uh, she's a buyer's agent out of Melbourne. And Emily and I have come to the executive decision that we've actually got rid of Glenn. I can't believe it. <laughs> in, Crazy. In, in two swift weeks, we've thought, well, female voice, much, much more intelligent, better looking, gone. Glenn's out. I hope Glenn doesn't listen to this episode. He's going to be <laughs> deeply offended. Yeah, he'll be devoid. But any case, um, see you later, Glenn. You can uh, stay right out of property and it's all up to us. So we're pretty excited about that. You're in for the long haul now, Emily. I certainly am. Can't yeah. wait. So a big shout out to our sponsor, Wellman Finance. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do these shows without Sean and his team. Um, they are also out of Melbourne, but they do cover finance clients all around the country. Uh, so go to wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. Uh, and he's been a really good supporter of our show for over 12 months now. So appreciative of his work. I use him personally. He is a gun for me. And I'm sure he is with everyone else as well. So, Emily, today, but my uncle said you need to get the right advice. Correct. So many people say, or it's just a classic line, don't you think, where people are like, but my uncle said. Yeah. And I think getting the right advice in property is so underestimated and not only the right advice about the property itself, but all the different pieces of the puzzle that come together and who's responsible for giving what advice, I think is really important too. Yeah, 100%. There is so much noise out there, isn't there? And and in the last 10 years, we've woken up to social media and there is more and more noise on there than ever before. Uh, we've really got to look at the track record. We've got to look at the experience that we've got in our corner. But I'll go to you, Emily, and ask you the question, what are the issues that you see out there when it comes to getting the right advice? I think the biggest issue is that people don't know who to turn to for what advice. So for example, if a buyer, their first introduction to the market has been getting their finance sorted through a mortgage broker, they may turn to that broker for more than just finance advice because that's who they know in the industry. And that's fair to assume, but if they don't know any better, they might start going down a path where it's not actually where the broker can give them the advice that they're seeking and they need to be referred on to somebody else. I think mm. that's probably the most common one I see, but there's also a lot more to unpack in that as well. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one and I've definitely seen that as well. They're almost too smart for their own good. So, uh, and, and I'm hanging the mortgage broker out to dry here, but uh, the mortgage broker 
writes an unbelievable loan. Um, the, the client's really happy. They've got the trust of the mortgage broker. Now, all of a sudden, down the path, they're giving property advice as well. Um, is that what you're referring to there? Definitely. And it's such a gray area around opinion and advice. For example, you might be going to a broker who actually lives in the area that you're looking to purchase in and they've been to a couple of auctions and they've seen the stock levels and they've got a pretty good handle on the market. Having a good handle on the market as a general citizen does not make you an expert in giving property advice, regardless of being a broker or not. I think it's really important to understand where that line starts and finishes when you're seeking advice from a broker. And the good brokers, the ones who understand what they're really good at, will outsource the rest and refer on to other experts in the industry to help their clients. Yeah, absolutely. And and we do talk about having a really strong team of people in our corner when we go and invest. But the big part about that is is knowing, as you said, where it starts and stops with the advice that you're giving. Happy to, to give opinions and whatever else, but really stick to what you know and, and what you're an expert in uh, because all it does is cloud your own uh, expertise. If you, if you start delving into other areas that you haven't maybe had as much experience in, um, you're just clouding your own business model as well, aren't you? Yeah, very true. But, you know, the, the first time buyer might not understand that that's not where the, the broker advice comes from in, ter- in relation to property. Uh, so, yeah, definitely picking a good broker who knows where uh, the advice lies is, is pivotal. I think also the next sort of grey area is understanding the real estate agent's role and, you know, how you would seek advice from them given what we're talking about is buying property. Yeah. So I think that can be a really grey area too because you need to remember who they work for. Yes, yeah. So elephant in the room, they're working for the vendor. No doubt about that. They're essentially not employed, but uh, I suppose they sign an agreement to say you're acting on our behalf to get this property sold at the price we want in the time frame we desire and and you're going to wrap it up in in the best possible manner that you can. So as a purchaser or a potential purchaser, if you are taking advice from that real estate agent, just take into account, rightly or wrongly, that uh, they are working for the vendor and, and you can maybe take it with a grain of salt, but the key area is doing your own research to... I suppose consolidate whether that information that the agent's telling you is um, is true and correct. Not saying that agents lie, but they maybe wrap it up a little bit nicer to get a sale. Definitely. And I think you'd be naive to think that everything the real estate agent tells you is true and correct and in your best interest. At the end of the day, they're going to present information that may be true, but they also may miss some key facts or some key figures of past sales that play into the value of the property that they're showing you at that given time. So as you mentioned, John, definitely your own research is very, very key to make sure it's uh, unbiased and it's, you know, it's a... something that you need to really focus on in the buying process. Yeah. So in your experience as a buyer's agent, uh, how do you pre-frame all of that for the purchaser? Uh, where, where do you come in and say, look, this is your team of people you need uh, and, and do you go outline what they should be doing for you and maybe shouldn't doing, uh, be doing for you? Definitely. So by the time someone reaches a, a buyer's agent, whether it be myself or someone else, usually they've seen a mortgage broker. Uh, and they've got some idea of their finance. So they understand the brokers to do with the finance piece. Then the next 
step really is understanding that we're there to represent them and help them with the property advice and, and hold their hand and be on their side. The next sort of A-team member that's introduced is usually a conveyancer or solicitor for the review of the contract and the execution of that contract. And I often find there's a little bit of uncertainty is where a buyer's agent responsibility lies versus a conveyancer or a solicitor in terms of the contract piece, which is another level. Okay. So do you want to give a quick overview of, of where that differs? Certainly. So the conveyancer or solicitor is engaged to review the contract and to point out any things that are untoward to the buyer to make the contract more in your favour. Often what I find is when it gets to the pointy end of the transaction, when we're nearing settlement and there's things that need to be agreed upon by both parties, for example, it might be the removal of some pot plants in the back garden. They're not a fixture. We need to negotiate that and it's actually the conveyances or solicitors from each party that talk together to arrange those things as opposed to a buyer's agent speaking directly to the agent. That's probably one pretty clear example of of where that crossover does happen. Yeah, sure. Okay, so if if someone's out there in the big wide world not using a buyer's agent and just going it alone – uh, they would appoint their own conveyancer reasonably early in the process and uh, definitely to, to have their contracts looked over as soon as one comes through. Um, but who else do you think they would need uh, on their team to, to get that right advice? So obviously broker, conveyancer. You may, depending on your situation, need an accountant in the mix depending on how you're purchasing in terms of it might be a purchase that's not straightforward in just your own name. You might have certain structures that they can assist you with. It's one other key uh, team member, particularly probably used to that more often in the investing space, I reckon. Yeah, that's true. And and the accountant is an interesting one from the point of view of tax, like that that's their sole outcome is to, to maybe minimise tax or have the best tax structure for, for your individual situation. So as you said, much more important when it comes to investing because of the tax deductibility of the of the asset. But when we're buying our own home, the entity is an important one, isn't it? So talking to a, a lawyer or solicitor to, to actually look at, uh, do we want joint tenants or do you want tenants in common when we're uh, buying in with someone or if we're buying our own home personally, do we want it in our own name? Do we want to put it in our family trust? Are we buying it in our super, etc.? Exactly. And so accountants play a pivotal role in helping unpack that. The other key A-team member would be building and pest inspectors and extension of that, relevant tradespeople for example, if there was a plumbing issue that needed to be investigated further or perhaps there's more of a structural issue which requires a structural engineer, the building and pest inspector usually then has a broad network of additional experts depending on the problem that they then recommend you to. Yeah, totally. So finding building and pest inspectors is is sometimes a difficult one to the point where we can know we can trust what they do and and they're looking over everything in complete detail to to give you the the comfort that you're actually purchasing a property that's not going to fall down in the next year or two. Uh, where where would you start in respect to finding a uh, a, a good building and pest? Yeah, it's an interesting one because 
it's certainly not everybody knows what specialisation they exactly need. I think it actually comes down to what information is provided in the report that they give you. I have seen some that have been very, very high level and a bit vague and almost at every paragraph refer to you need an expert in this area to confirm our findings, which can be quite frustrating for a buyer given that they're most people's expectation of engaging that building and pest inspector is that they actually uncover what you need to know and give a bit of advice around that. So if you're a buyer out there and you're looking to engage a building and pest inspector, I'd ask for a sample report to understand exactly what's included in that report so you can manage your expectations on what service level you're going to get. Yeah, good good point. And and I think a lot of, uh, I suppose, specialists in their field these days can be grappling with the red tape of it all. So they, they do a report. Uh, the report, as you said, is pretty stock standard, Not, nothing real alarming in there, but they're also adhering to the, the fact that they don't want to get sued or or, um, or be put in a position where it can come back to bite them. So as a result of that, they don't maybe uncover some other things that actually could be there that's important for you as a buyer. Definitely. And just um, something extra on building and pest inspectors, I often hear that some people will say, oh, well, my my dad's a tradie or, you know, my boyfriend's father is a tradie and he's going to come and walk through the house. We don't need a building and pest inspector. I'd just be very careful with that because, yes, they've probably been through a lot of sites and they've seen a lot of homes. That doesn't make them a building and pest inspector. I think that's the key thing is the pest part of it yeah. because uh, some areas in Australia can be very prone to certain outbreaks of certain pests and you want to be aware of what you're going to be living with, you know, some extra creepy crawly friends in your purchase. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, my, I go back to my first purchase in little old Horsham in country Victoria uh, back in 1999 and I had my friend was a builder and I took him through and and I gave him a slab of beer for his services and uh, he looked through it top and bottom uh, to look at the foundations make sure they were sound looked at potential renovations we could do on it and I was 21 at the time I think now I didn't get a pest inspection because I just didn't see it was something that I needed. I just wasn't, I suppose, educated enough to know and the the builder didn't tell me that I needed one and, and I went and bought this property without a pest inspection. Now, it turned out okay, not the end of the world, but in some cases at, uh, it can be a, a, a massive negative to not get one if indeed there has been evidence of, of termites around or there is actually new activity of termite, termite uh, around, which is even worse. Yeah, definitely. And also, uh, just one other thing I just thought of then, Uh, some people disregard building and pest inspections when the property is new. They go, well, it's new. There can't Mm. be anything wrong with it. Actually, there are some companies that specialise in defect reports for new builds and they will help you ensure everything's rectified under the builder's warranty that might be wrong with the home as part of that inspection. So if you're out there thinking that you don't need one because you've just bought a brand new home and surely the builder would have done everything right, it's actually more of a reason to get one done to ensure someone who's not the builder is checking their work for you. Yeah, for sure. And we're actually going to get them on the show, Emily, uh, as a company without a a massive plug today, but handovers.com who specialise in that. So we're actually going to get them on the show at some stage to chat about that because again independent report that can look over as you said a brand new build that uh, 
might not have covered off everything that should be adhered to from a standard point of view and also what's in the build contract needs to be adhered to. So yeah, good stuff. So going back to, but my uncle said you need to get the right advice. I I think, yeah, we said there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of interested parties. There's a lot of specialists that that, uh, we don't want to cover or, or don't want to step over the line of their own expertise. Property is so common in Australia, isn't it, from a, from a purchasing point of view? They might not be investors, but they've purchased a home before. So everyone's got their story. Everyone's got their opinion. Everyone's got their perceived expertise. It, it is so, so important just to stick to your guns, take everyone's opinions on board, but then sit back and look at who is my team of people, what are those individuals performing for me? Where does their job start and finish? And then make an executed decision yourself. Exactly. Do your research. Make sure you have an A team around you to give you the best opportunity in making good choices, good decisions for long-term hold, for long-term benefit, and to really enjoy living in the place that you're about to buy or you know, seeing the rewards of the investment property that you're going to purchase. Yeah, 100%. All right, Emily, it has been fantastic. One of those professionals is a buyer's agent. So if you need Emily down the Melbourne way, she specializes in that area. Now, through COVID times, she is restricted in her work, but doesn't mean she can't get the best result for you right now through these times. So thanks again for joining us today, Emily. And now you're a permanent fixture of the show. You'll get equal yes. representation as well, which when Glenn was on, he, he smothers the uh, limelight. So everyone else is uh, second rate in terms of their <laughs> involvement. <laughs> well, I hope he doesn't so hopefully listen I'm to this a welcome one. addition then. You're a very much a welcome addition. So in the show notes, we'll have a link to Emily's buyer's agent service, as well as my Soul Bear Online Academy that anyone can take on for further education. Uh, until next time, Enjoy the ride. Thank you. Enjoy your week. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Special thanks to Wellman Finance, our podcast partner. Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. If you want to really turn up your property, education and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor, this online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.